Demons Discuss, take 83. The one with this bish, Chris. Welcome to Demons Discuss, the unofficial podcast about the All Souls universe and the topics that orbit it. We are your hosts, Angela, Jean, and Valerie. I am Valerie, and with me are my friends, Angela and Jean. Hello, guys. Hello. Hey. Oh, my God, Jean. What are we talking about this time? <laughs> We're still talking about Chris. We yes. still haven't left Madison. And it's just more. It is more. We'll finally get on the road, though, which is a good thing yes. because we'll start moving things forward. We're going to yes. unpack our bags just to pack our bags. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. Our emotional baggage. <laughs> we had, that's a yes. whole other story. <laughs> we had some emotional baggage to go along with this and before we turned on our mic. So that was a whole thing. And then we realized, oh, crap, we're not recording. We should probably record. Say yeah. some of this. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> anyway, and this podcast is sponsored by our patrons. Here's how this works. With their generous pledges, we can purchase hardware like mic stands that don't flop over, recording equipment that doesn't get in its own way, apps that allow us to record people remotely, cloud storage, web hosting, media hosting, subscriptions to apps that help us be more efficient. And that's good. Angela, tell the people what they get out of becoming a patron. They get joy, of course. <laughs> but starting at the $2 coven level, you get our after show, exclusive Demons Discuss after show. But as the membership levels go up, you get more swag. You could get a sticker. You could get your name as a supporting patron on our website. You could mm. get bags, t-shirts, stickers, buttons, whatever Valerie thinks up. But as the membership levels goes up, you are rewarded handsomely for your patronage. Awesome. Please continue to support us because it's getting more expensive. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, we uh, are getting ready to replace some major equipment. So thank you, patrons, for helping us with that. And it's just not going to get easier, apparently, because things still cost money. I mean, it doesn't, yes. none of this stuff falls off a truck. I wish it would, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if you guys are interested, go to patreon.com slant demons discuss. I'd like to announce we don't have discusser emails this time. This episode was planned after we recorded the last one. And in that week, I didn't have time to send out prompts, but please feel free to send your thoughts out anyway. We've had a lot of strong opinions about Chris. Maybe you want to reply to those. I don't know. Demonsdiscuss at gmail.com. Just send, you know, an email, your thoughts. It doesn't even have to be about Chris. It can be about whatever you want. Just send us mm -hmm. your thoughts. You don't even need a prompt from us. Just let us know. Say your thoughts. Or, yeah, and opposing uh, viewpoints are definitely welcome. I'm always willing to see another perspective. Mm -hmm. um, be show something I don't know or didn't hadn't considered. So don't be apprehensive. That's right, because we live in our little bubbles, too. You could open our eyes about something, and that's kind of important. So, yeah. Oh, SpeakPipe, SpeakPipe.com slant Demons Discuss. That's an option. Also, you have 90 seconds to spew out your thoughts, and you get to hear your voice on this show, which is great. We like mm -hmm. it. Yeah. We like hearing your voices on the show, that's for sure. So uh, let's get right to this. Let's start the wagon. This chapter discussion is brought to us by Wendy Taylor. Thank you, Wendy. Thank you, Wendy. Thank you, Wendy. All right. When we left off at Chapter 13, things were tense. 
Miriam was on edge because Benjamin chose that time to be the creepiest creep ever. Chris took it upon himself to be Diana's protector. Kind of late, Chris. Also, not your job. So not your job. No. Matthew shows his restraint by not biting his face off. And, you know, hey, that's a thing. (laughs) It's progress for Matthew. I think so. And we end it with a phone call from Vivian Harrison. The congregation had found out about Matthew and Diana's location and activities. We open up with chapter 14 and Vivian is there. She's making the announcement that the coven had failed the test. What did you guys think about this as far as the coven failing the test? I kind of had a feeling they were going to fail the test. <laughs> Did you guys I didn't realize think we, we had a pop quiz? Yeah, I didn't either. <laughs> yeah, I was like, it did seem like the Joint Committee on Accreditation had come around. It seemed more like a inside job. Yeah. And sure enough, we find that out. <laughs> For sure. I mean, I thought, God, the couple that came in a few chapters ago. Oh, God, I forgot their names already. I know who you're but- thinking of. Me too. I'm like Ned and Patty or the Colgate guy. Dick and Jean. Or- yeah. Oh, the postmistress and Ann and the uh, postal digger dude. No, no. In the supermarket. The, the couple in the oh, supermarket. Abby. Abby, Abby yes. and uh, what's his name? I want to say Colin, but that's not right. Caleb. Her husband. Caleb. 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 There we go. Caleb. I just, well, I block out Caleb because Caleb was the bad guy in Buffy. <laughs> <laughs> Nate Fillion played the bad guy, Caleb, in Buffy. So there's that. So, yeah, Caleb did say something to that effect. It's like, I guess we're going to put us to the test. Let's see if the coven's up to it. You know, this information. Well, Caleb, no. They're yeah. not. Mm-mm. So let's start off with chapter 14. The coven failed the test. Vivian flung her satchel-sized purse onto the kitchen island and poured herself a cup of coffee. And Chris happens to be sitting there and is like, she a witch too? And he asked that in a whisper. And Vivian's like, I am. And He's kind of rude. <laughs> his Cherokee grandma would not be happy with his, yeah. his manners because they're decidedly not Southern. Well, he did whisper. But maybe it's one of my kind of whispers because when I whisper, it's kind of loud. <laughs> Veil on the wine whisper. <laughs> it's the stage whisper. Yeah. <laughs> So Vivian answers, I am. And then she notices Chris for the first time. And he's like, oh, can I take a cheap swab? It's painless. Now that's rude. Come on. You yeah, just that's so woman. much rude. Uh, he could have been Vivian. an angel up to this point, And that's rude. I know, I know. <laughs> Vivian says, maybe later. And then she thinks about it. And she's like, I'm sorry, but who are you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Finally. Somebody. I mean, Vivian just came in just on a rush. She grabbed some coffee and all of a sudden this guy's like asking for cheap swabs and she's like, hold up. All right. Stop the bus. Who are you? Wait a minute. Why do you want my cheap swab? Diana goes ahead and introduces him. She says, this is Chris Roberts, Vivian, my colleague from Yale. He's a molecular biologist. I passed the sugar and gave Chris a pinch in the arm to keep him quiet. Uh, not my friend from Yale? No. Colleague. Not her BFF from Yale. Colleague. <laughs> yeah. Continuity error. <laughs> uh, I 
passed the sugar and gave Chris a pinch in the arm to keep him quiet. Can we possibly talk about this in the family room? My head is killing me and my feet are swelling up like balloons. And then Vivian goes on. Someone complained to the congregation about covenant violations in Madison County. Vivian told us when we were comfortably ensconced in the sofas and armchairs arranged in front of the TV. Do you know who it was? And this is Sarah. And then Vivian is like, Cassie and Lydia. And Sarah's like, the cheerleaders knocked us out. <laughs> like, Whoa. Well, who else would? Right. Figures, I said. And she goes on to explain in her head, they've been inseparable since childhood, inseparable since adolescence and indistinguishable since high school with her softly curling blonde hair. Are you jealous, Diana? This sounds a little jealous. I'm sorry that people are so jealous of me. But I can't help it that I'm popular. And blue yeah, eyes. <laughs> Neither Cassie nor Lydia had let her witchy ancestry keep her in the shadows. Together, they had co-captained the cheerleading squad, which has credited them with giving Madison its most successful football season in history by inserting victory spells into every chant and routine. Now, that's just smart, though. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's like bitter kitten there, Diana, bitter kitten. And what are the charges exactly? Matthew wants to know. Matthew in lawyer mode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. He switched into lawyer mode. Yeah. Did he ever finish his law degree? <laughs> he had several. He hated it. Okay. <laughs> uh, Vivian says... That Diana and Sarah have been consorting with vampires. I mean, and then Sarah's like, consorting? Clutch my pearls, right? And Vivian flung her hands up in the air. She's like, I know, I know it sounds positively lewd, (laughs) but, but I assure you those were Sidonia's exact words. Happily, Sedonia's in Las Vegas and can't come in person to investigate. The Clark County Covens are too heavily invested in real estate and they're using spells to shore up the housing market. Was this around the time of the housing bus and like Las Vegas like suffered, right? Las Vegas went off the cliff first. Yeah. Which is weird because... Okay, there there was like two times that happened, but anyways, yeah, that, they were the first ones that fell off the cliff in yeah. what was it, fourteen? Yeah, Angela, somewhere around there, the housing bust. Yeah, oh, I thought that well, was, there was around two, but eight. There was two thousand eight. Yeah, yeah, was a bubble, but there was another uh, mess yeah. further on down the line where everything went. At least in Las Vegas, went off the cliff because I think our old house. Because I always look every once in a while, it had like more than tripled what we paid for it. Mm-hmm. And by, I think, 17, it was like back down to a little bit more than what we paid for it. Back down to normal where it should have been, right? No, no, no. Well, yeah, no. I mean, we got our house cheap. Yeah. Well, I'm kind of scared that's happening now, though. What, for you guys, as far as you got your house cheap? Well, no, I I didn't get my house cheap, but it's doubled in value for the five years I've owned it. And the property taxes, yuck. Yeah, so, I mean, Mm. okay. Oh, I'm off the subject. Okay, here we go. Wait, let's put a pin in that because I do want to talk about it in the after show. Okay. The housing market, the the current one. Okay. (laughs) Yes, okay. Thank you, because I want to learn. Housing market. (laughs) Yes. Got it. I've written it down. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Sorry, audience. Okay. Diana wants to know what happens now. I have to respond in writing. (laughs) And Diana's like, thank goodness. That means you can lie. 
Really, uh, Diana? That's <laughs> true, though. Well, so, yes and no. So easy. And she said it relieved. No way, Diana. She's too smart. I saw Sidonia question the Soho coven two years ago when they opened up that haunted house on Spring Street, right where the Halloween parade lineup begins. It was masterful. Vivian shuddered. She even got them to divulge how they suspended a bubbling cauldron over the parade float for six hours. After Sidonia's visit, the coven was grounded for a full year. No flying, no apparating, and positively no exorcisms. They still haven't recovered. Okay, you don't lie, but you don't put your lie in writing on top of it. (laughs) Yeah, no. Don't leave evidence of it. (laughs) So Diana wants to know what kind of witch is she? And Vivian's like a powerful one. Vivian is so hilarious. She's just like, she should be a lawyer, not an accountant, because she's just got the right amount of snark to be a lawyer. Oh, she's frank. I love it. Mm -hmm. Is her power elemental or based in the craft? So Sarah says she's got a good grasp of spells from what I hear. And Vivian's like, Sidonia can fly. So... I mean, she's got a little bit of everything going on here. Mm-hmm. And then Chris raised his hand. <laughs> Sarah's like, yes, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> and then he says, smart, powerful, flying. It doesn't matter. You can't let her find out about Diana's children. Duh. <laughs> With the Bad Seed's latest research project and this covenant you're all worried about. Bad Seed? And this is Vivian like, what the? Okay. And then Chris says, Matthew's son knocked up a witch. It seems that reproductive abilities run in the Claremont family. Chris glared at Matthew. And about this covenant you've all agreed to, I take it that the witches aren't supposed to hang out with vampires? Or Wait, he doesn't even know Vivian if she's friend or foe. So she came over to the house. I mean, there could be more to her. And he just said in one breath, protect Diana's children. But let me tell you all about it. Yeah, let me gossip all about it and slam (laughs) on Matthew since you're giving me an opportunity to do that, too. Right. He has no idea whether Vivian knows that Matthew's Diana's kid's dad. I mean, that's not something you would ask. Be like, hey, so this vampire's your kid's dad or you know what I mean? (laughs) So Chris is just walking into the situation assuming Vivian knows everything. Right. And that she could could be trusted. I mean, we know she can, but he doesn't know that. No. Let's put this little pin in in it, too. Okay. Kid had every reason to get rid of Diana, and he wasn't as big a blabbermouth as Chris is. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. Just saying. I I hear you. You're preaching to the choir, Jean. I know, but I just had to put that out in the universe. So. Okay. Um, People could chew on it. So witches aren't supposed to hang out with your vampires or with demons. It makes humans uncomfortable, Matthew said. Which to me, come on, Matthew, you know. Yeah, better. exactly. <laughs> you know. And then Chris looks dubious. Uncomfortable. So do black sitting on buses next to white people. Segregation isn't the answer. That comment kind of doesn't make sense, though. Why not? In a way. I mean, maybe it's just the way it transitions. Well, okay, maybe you're right now that I think about it. But it's an awkward, the way he says it, it's awkward. Yeah. It's like. It is awkward because he's talking about humans in general and then he he segregates. Yeah. 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 I think the better way would have been like segregation isn't the answer to your problems. Look what happened with it. Look what happened with this. So. Yeah. I don't know. And honestly, school segregation would have been a better example. (laughs) I mean, if he was going to use one. Yeah, that's for sure. Humans notice creatures if we're in mixed groups. 
I said, hoping to placate Chris. We notice you, Diana, even when you're walking down Temple Street by yourself at 10 o'clock in the morning. Chris said, shattering my last fragile hope that I appeared to be just like everybody else. Yeah, Diana. No, no. She was fooling herself. I'm just saying. Chris didn't know that. Know whether or not Vivian was a witch. That's true. You're right. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, and he had asked about Sarah, too. This is if true. He, I mean, maybe the time he's had to observe Diana. I don't know. Or I'm just I'm just saying he's he's contradicting she, himself. She always has had an allure. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. But that also goes back to the whole Chris is attracted to her thing, too. Yeah. So yeah. It, mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily support the whole <laughs> creatures are obvious in the world thing. He's got Diana colored glasses on. <laughs> yes, yeah. He's got Diana goggles. It's Diana goggles. <laughs> All right, so here is their explanation of the congregation. The congregation was established to enforce the covenant, to keep us safe from human attention and interference, I said, sticking to my guns nonetheless. In exchange, we stay out of human politics and religion. And yeah, right. No, no, Diana, that's not what's happening, but okay. Um, Think what you want, but for segregation or the covenant, if you want to be fancy about it. I like that word fancy. I like that he used it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's <laughs> one, one point for Chris. I know. Yeah. One point it's for Chris. Easy. Now he's like, you know, minus 19 now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, is often about concerns for racial purity. Chris propped his legs up on the coffee table. First of all, Chris, get your legs off of the coffee table. Yeah, I mean, I was enjoying his explanation. Not even just the word fancy, but the whole thing. I was liking what he was saying. And then all of a sudden he does that. I know. You're rude. (laughs) Get your feet off the furniture. Uh, Your covenant probably came into being because witches were having vampire babies. I agree. Okay. I agree, Chris. You're right. Making humans more comfortable was just a convenient excuse. Fernando and Matthew exchanged glances because I believe there's some part of them that knows this as well. Mm -hmm. I assume that Diana's ability to conceive was unique, that it was the goddess at work, not part of some broader pattern. Vivian was aghast. (gasps) Clutch my pearls. Scores of long-lived creatures with supernatural powers would be terrifying. Oh, well. That's why they killed them off, Vivian. I'm just saying. Yeah. Not if you want to engineer a super race. Then such a creature would be quite a genetic coup, Chris observed. Do we happen to know of any megalomaniacs with an interest in vampire genetics? Oh, wait, we know two of them. Okay, that was an asshole move, Chris. You were doing yeah, good. That's a, that's you lost me. <laughs> total asshole move. I prefer to leave such things to God, Christopher. And Angela, this is what you were saying. Chris walks in. He doesn't know anything about Matthew. He's Mr. Jump to Conclusions. He's got his Jump to Conclusions mat. He's hopscotching all over the place. He's already made up his mind about Matthew. Okay calling him a Nazi, pretty much. (laughs) A dark vein pulsed in Matthew's forehead. I have no interest in eugenics. I forgot you're obsessed with species evolution. In other words, history and chemistry. Those are Diana's research interests. What a coincidence. Now, why do you think he's saying what a coincidence? I'm confused about that. So am I. It it was snarky and and like... Like he's st- I, I, is he implying that Matthew was like was stalking her stalking for this her? reason? Yeah. See. Yeah. For that reason. For that reason, which no. Yeah. He he just always keeps insinuating that Matthew's a villain. Yeah. That Matthew has impure motives. That yes. Matthew is that Matthew's Peter. Basically. Yes. Yeah. 
more or less, which is, mm-hmm. I'll just say annoying. Okay, so we jump over here. Based on what I've overheard, I have two questions, Professor Claremont. Is it just vampires who are dying out or are witches and demons going extinct too? And which of these so-called species care the most about racial purity? And then here's Diana. Chris really was a genius. And I have to stop here because, Diana, for you not to see this and be a historian to me is just disgraceful, disgraceful. Weird. Okay. But here's the other thing, too. Matthew's been explaining this to her for two, kind of explaining this to her in dribs and drabs for two books. But Chris is the genius. Diana's not been paying attention. Yeah. She's getting this information from somebody different. So she feels like, oh, you're right. It must be right. Yeah. Anyway. That does happen in relationships, too, though. (laughs) It does. It does. (laughs) I know when your spouse or partner repeats it over and over again, you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then somebody totally separate comes over. You're like, you know, you're right. Yeah. (laughs) Insulting. But I think in this instance, it's it's grating because Mm -hmm. since it's uh, historian, she's seen centuries of this. And she's the reader surrogate. Yes. Yeah. And all this. And we're all, I I mean, as a reader, I'm like, well, I'm way fucking smarter than she is because I already, you know, I listened to Matthew and figured this all out. I listened to Isabeau and figured this all, you know, Mm -hmm. understand all this. Well, and like you said, Val, it's very early in their relationship, Matthew and Diana's relationship to be throwing him under the bus or not defending Matthew. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, anything you'd, in normal reaction would be to build up your new partner Spouse. to the people yeah. who, are, who you're, they're just meeting because you want them to be taken in good in their eyes. Yes. Because this person's going to be with me. Not to be doing the Dudley Do-Right. Oh, my hero. Bat your eyelashes at your buddy instead of your husband. Mm-hmm. You're yeah. so smart. I mean, later in a relationship, it'd be like, shut up, you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the guest is talking. They're not there yet. No, they're not there yet. And she knows he's insecure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On top of it. Oh, I have well, problems. Okay. This is mudding up the waters, but look at how Matthew and Diana's relationship progressed in the TV show season two. Yeah. It's hard for me to now think that Diana would behave this way after Coming off of that. Yes. Yeah. That whole, yes. But I know I'm mixing things up and it's not fair to do, but I can't help but think of it. Even Diana and Shadow of Night, the book, this is still a regression. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, if you're, even when you compare apples to apples, this behavior here is a regression and it's more of a regression than just like we all tend to regress when we go visit in our parents' house and take back some of those behaviors. This is way more than that. That's true. So with every insightful question, he was delving deeper into the mysteries bound up in the Book of Life, the de Claremont family secrets and the mysteries in my own and Matthew's blood. And then Matthew says, Chris is right. He said with suspicious speed. Meanwhile, I wish he would have said, I've been telling you this all along, Diane. (laughs) (laughs) Preaching to the choir. Miriam would have said that had she been here. We can't risk the congregation discovering Diana's pregnancy. If you have no objection, Moncour, I think we should go to Fernando's house in Seville without delay. Sarah can come with us, of course. Then the coven's reputation will be brought into disrepute. I said you can't let the wicked witch find out about Diana. Not that she should run away, Chris said disgusted. Have you forgotten Benjamin? Let's fight this war one front at a time, Christopher. And Matthew, I mean, he's well behaved here. I Oh yeah. I have nothing bad to say about him, which is very rare. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Matthew's expression must have matched his tone because Chris immediately subsided. 
Yeah, I mean, he would have been well within his rights to say, sit down and shut the fuck up. You're yeah, not, you, you don't know you're shit. You're not the general of this army. Right. You don't even know what's going on. Plan it and sit down. And I don't care what Diana says. He's not family. No. no. So Diana says, okay, I'll go to Seville. I didn't want to, but I didn't want the Madison witches to suffer either. And Sarah says, no, it's not okay. Her voice rising. The congregation wants answers. Well, I want answers too. You tell Sardonia von Bork that I have been consorting with vampires since last October, ever since Satu Yarvanen kidnapped and tortured my niece, while Peter Knox stood by and did nothing. If that means I violated the covenant, that's too damn bad. Without the Declaremonts, Diana would be dead or worse. Go, Sarah. Yes. Yes, Sarah is the voice of reason. Yay. Those are serious allegations, Vivian said. You sure you want to make them? And then Sarah's like, yes, stubbornly. Yes. It's true. It's fast. Yeah, it's just true. It's not even stubborn. Yeah. It's just, yes, please. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Knox has already been banished from the congregation. I want Satu's ass kicked off, too. They're looking for Knox's replacement now, Vivian reported. It's rumored that Janet Gowdy is going to come out of retirement to fill the chair. Yay, Janet! <laughs> <laughs> Janet Gowdy is 90 if she's a day, Sarah said. She can't possibly be up to the job. Oh, boy, Sarah, you don't know things. Oh, man, I love this. It's like, it's not even, it's kind of foreshadowing. Yes. If you, in retrospect. Mm-hmm. Knox insists that it be a witch known for her spellcasting abilities, as he was. Why, no. why does he get to say? Why does a kicked off member have any say in who his replacement is? I know. <laughs> I know. And it's just funny. And what he says is so freaking funny. <laughs> you are no longer on the congregation, you asshole. Bye. You don't get to pick your replacement. Mm. No one, not even Janet Gowdy, ever bested him when it came to performing spells, Vivian said. And then Sarah's like, yet there's something else, Sarah, and it might make you pause before you go after the witches of the congregation. Vivian hesitated. Sidonia has asked for a report on Diana. She says it's standard procedure to check on witches who haven't developed their magical talents to see if anything manifested later in life. If it's my power the congregation is interested in, then Sidonia's request really has nothing to do with Sarah and me consorting with vampires, I said. Well, no, duh, Diana, come on. Sidonia claims that she has a childhood assessment of Diana that indicated that she was not expected to manifest any of the normal powers traditionally associated with witches. Vivian went on, looking miserable. Peter Knox conducted it. Rebecca and Stephen agreed to his findings and signed off on it. And Sarah says, tell the congregation that Rebecca and Stephen's assessment of their daughter's magical abilities was absolutely correct, down to the last detail. Sarah's eyes glittered with anger. My niece has no normal powers. (laughs) Matthew's like, well done, Sarah. Well done. (laughs) We'll make a lawyer of you yet. Very good. Very good. Golf clap all the way around. That answer is worthy of my brother, Godfrey. And then she's like, thank you, Matthew, with a little nod. (laughs) Knox knows something or suspects something about me. He has since I was a child. I expected Matthew to argue. He didn't. I thought we discovered what my parents were hiding, that I'm a weaver like dad. But now I know about mom's interests in higher magics. I wonder if that doesn't have something to do with Knox's interests as well. He's a dedicated practitioner of higher magics, Vivian mused. And if you were able to devise new dark spells, 
I imagine that Knox would be willing to do almost anything to get his hands on him. The house moaned, and the sound of a guitar filled the room with a recognizable melody. Of all the songs on my mother's favorite album, Landslide was the one that most tugged my heart. Whenever I heard it, I remember her holding me up on her lap and humming. Mom loved this song. She knew that change was coming, but she was afraid of it, just like the woman in the song. But we can't afford fear anymore. What are you saying, Diana? Vivian asked. The change my mom was expecting. It's here, I said simply. And even more changes on the way, Chris said. You're not going to be able to keep the existence of creature secrets from humans much longer. Your one autopsy, one genetic counseling session, one home genetic testing kit away from being outed. Nonsense, Matthew declared. Gospel. You have two choices. Do you want to be in control of the situation when it happens, Matthew? Or do you want to get smacked upside the head with it? Chris waited. Based on our limited acquaintance, I'm guessing you'd prefer option A. That's right. Limited acquaintance. Thank you. That's the key phrase right there. That limited acquaintance is being kind. Yes. Yeah. Matthew ran his fingers over his scalp and glared at Chris. And Chris is like, I thought so. Chris tipped back in his chair. So, given your predicament, what can Yale University do for you, Professor Claremont? And then Matthew's like, no, you're not using research students and postgraduates to analyze creature DNA. And here's where Chris says, it's scary as hell, I know. Chris continued in a gentler tone. See, why weren't you with this gentler tone early, asshole? Anyway, let me stop. We'd all rather hide somewhere safe and let someone else make the tough decisions. But somebody is going to have to stand up and fight for what's right. Fernando tells me you're a pretty impressive warrior. Matthew stared at Chris, unblinking. Blink, blink. No blink. (laughs) (laughs) Blink, class. I'll stand with you if that helps. No, it doesn't. But anyway, (laughs) that's me talking. That's not the book. Inserting himself into it. Right. Giving him conditions. Yeah, let me be the let me be the hero. I can be your hero, baby. <laughs> we'll get back to that later. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll stand with you if that helps, provided you meet me halfway. Matthew was not only an impressive warrior, but an experienced one. He knew when he was beaten. You win, Chris, he said quietly. Good, let's get started. I want to see the creature genetic maps. Then I want to sequence and reassemble the three creature genomes so they can be compared to the human genome. Chris ticked off one item after another. I want to be sure that you've correctly identified the gene responsible for blood rage. And I want the gene that makes it possible for Diana to conceive your child isolated. See, again, he doesn't know how much Vivian knows and he's just spewing it all out, right? He's just spewing everything out to... Mm-hmm. Whatever. And assuming that nobody's thought of any of these things. Nope. Well, and he sounds like the megalomaniac that he was warning everyone about. <laughs> yeah. How, yes. This power hungry, information hungry person who's going to, you don't know what they're going to do with the information. I'm I mean, going to, yeah, I'm going to do whatever. Yeah. This was executed all wrong. I don't believe you've even started to look for that yet. And then Matthew's like, is there anything else I can help you with? Matthew's brows rose. As a matter of fact, there is. Chris's chair thudded to the ground. Tell Miriam Shepard I want her ass in Klein Biology Tower on Monday morning. It's on Science Hill. You can't miss it. My lab is on the fifth floor. I'd like her to explain how my conclusions in science were wrong before she joins us for our first team meeting at 11. Wow, you're assuming a lot, dude. Yeah, sit down and <laughs> shut the fuck up, dude. She's going to hand you your ass and you're uh, going to deserve it. Oh, man. 
It's what like, an asshole. What like, an asshole. If I met him, really, I'd be like, yeah, no, we're not doing this, Diana. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nah, I'll take the zero. I'm not doing yeah. this. <laughs> yeah. Wait, can I go down? Can I go down to the counseling office and see yeah. if I can like transfer into underwater basket weaving? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My so campus that... another year. Keep me away from this asshole. Yeah. He, he, nah. Nah, bro. Can't do it. Oh, so I'll pass that message along. Matthew and Fernando glanced at each other and Fernando shrugged as if to say his funeral. I mean, yeah. yeah. Just a reminder, Chris, the research you've outlined thus far will take years to complete. We won't be at Yale for very long. Diana and I will have to be in Europe by October if we want the twins born there. Diana shouldn't travel long distances after that. Chris is like, all the more reason to have as many people as possible working on this project. Chris stood up and put out his hand. Deal? And after a long pause, Matthew took it. Smart decision, Chris said, giving his shape. I hope you brought your checkbook, Claremont. The Yale Center for Genome Analysis and the DNA Analysis Facility both charge steep fees, but they're fast and they're accurate. He looked at his watch. My bag is already in the car. How long before you two can hit the road? I'm like, oh, now you're all casual again. See, no. Yeah. Well, he's always got to be the best, it's the like, fastest. I mean, yeah. He's so, like, impressed with himself. It's off-putting. Yeah. I mean, he could have, maybe if I had known his bag was in the car, this might have been all more palatable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's so, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not even cheeky because there's nothing charming about it. It's just kind of obnoxious. Obnoxious. Like I said a couple episodes ago, maybe this episode, I last episode, I, it's filet mignon in a garbage pail lid. Mm-hmm. It was served up to us all fucking wrong. And we're never going to get the smell of garbage out of our noses. Right. After no. he was presented well, to us. No. And this segment of this chapter just drives home the point that he's a trope. Yeah. I mean, he's the magical Negro. He shows up and he fixes everything and shows the white people the error of their ways. Yes. And explain further, because that is an actual trope. Yeah, we're not making this up. This is a real trope in storytelling and in movies. The probably best example that's brought up over and over again is Morgan Freeman's character in Bagger Vance, Mm -hmm. who shows up out of nowhere and fixes Robert Redford. Yeah, yeah. I think Robert Redford's I mean, the lead, the guy who plays the golfer in that movie. He's he's that guy in every movie. He yep. was that guy in um, God, uh, Batman. He was in Batman. He was that guy in Shawshank Redemption. Mm-hmm. Where well, only he only when Morgan Freeman plays the magical Negro, he's not so overbearing and obnoxious about it. That's right. He, that's why we accept it early. He's not threatening and that's part of the magic. It, mm-hmm. It's like it's it's accepted. With the wisdom he imbues is accepted. But e- even the trope here is deployed all wrong because it, you get the magical Negro melded with the angry black man and it's just not palatable. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a lot. It, it's a, it's lot. a lot. And Chris feels like it's like, okay, are you a split personality? What's really going on? I, I see you can be kind of amenable here. Or is that just a performance for Vivian? And you know what I mean? And there's right. a whole lot going on yeah. here. And it would have been, and it would have been really great to have a good STEM role model that didn't just teeter over the cliff into, like I said, trope territory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how he should have been, but this was not it for me. Personally, no. it no. just 
it didn't. He, the character deserved better. I think so. Being the only black, I mean, major black character in this series, you would think. I mean, okay. We'll get into it in further chapters. Anyway, Matthew says, we'll be a few hours behind you, Matthew said. Chris kissed Sarah on the cheek and gave me a hug. Then his finger rose in a gesture of warning. 11 a.m. on Monday, Matthew. Don't be late. On that note, he left. (laughs) Matthew's like, overly familiar. What have I done? Matthew muttered when the front door slammed shut. He looked a bit shell-shocked. It'll be fine, Sarah said with a surprising optimism. I have a good feeling about all of this. <laughs> okay, Sarah. See, I, I believe Sarah. <laughs> yeah. I, I believe Sarah. Dot, dot, dot. New time and place. A few hours later, we climbed into the car. I waved to Sarah and Fernando from the passenger seat, blinking back the tears. Sarah was smiling, but her arms were wrapped so tightly around herself that her knuckles were white. Fernando exchanged a few words with Matthew and clasped him briefly hand to elbow in the familiar de Claremont fashion. Matthew slid behind the wheel. All set? I nodded. His fingers pressed the switch and the engine turned over. Keyboards and drums flooded out of the sound system, accompanied by piercing guitars. Matthew fumbled with the controls, trying to turn the music down. When that failed, he tried to turn it off. But no matter what he did, Fleetwood Mac warned us not to stop thinking about tomorrow. Finally, flung up his hands in defeat. The house is sending us off in style, I see. He shook his head and put the car into drive. Don't worry. It won't be able to keep the song going once we leave the property. We drove down the long driveway towards the road. The bumps were all but imperceptible, thanks to the Range Rover's shock absorbers. I twisted in the seat when Matthew flicked on the turn signal to leave the Bishop Farm. But the last words of the song made me face forward again. Don't look back, I whispered. And that is the end. Okay, let's talk about this. (sighs) It's a relief. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he wasn't, it almost seemed like a performance. Yes. For Vivian this time. Mm -hmm. It's like he waited to show his ass in front of Diana and Matthew. Where was that guy earlier? Yeah, it it was just so performative. The Mm -hmm. whole, oh, look at me, Vivian. I know all, I figured out all this stuff. I am super smart. Right. And Vivian's like, what a smart young man. This is me thinking what Vivian would be thinking. Yes. <laughs> He's nice. Hmm. Matthew doesn't think so. Yeah, I, the one thing I'm really curious about that we don't get since it's all Diana's point of view is I would really have loved to hear some of the conversations between uh, Matthew and Fernando. Yes, those would be entertaining. Well, and and even the one between Fernando and Chris, because obviously Fernando was sticking up for him saying, hey, he's an impressive lawyer. Yeah. You know, you, yeah. you're getting yeah. him all wrong. There's a lot you don't know about him. So, yeah, this this is kind of a mixed chapter, but, you know, with the two chapters prior to this, it comes off just flat and meh and I'm tired of Chris. So I'm glad we get a respite after this. And yeah, you know, I'll be counting the minutes until Miriam hands him his ass. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he does improve over the course of the book, but I didn't like him. When I first read him and I still, I'm not good with this, but since we've dissected it last episode, I understand. It's not a rational hate. It's more, oh, this is why we're reacting the way we're reacting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Two of the solutions we came up with, uh, and maybe more if you guys remember, Mm -hmm. um, prior to hitting record. One is if we had a narrator 
giving us more information about Chris or telling yeah. him about his history so he doesn't have to be, bam, in your face. This is me and, you know, I'm angry about right. it. And that would have been one solution. Either as a, just a narrative insert or even it can maybe consider this one or more of these chapters as a third person omniscient instead of just Diana's POV. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I think we agreed that it's a good palate cleanser to be out mm-hmm. of someone's perspective, out of their point, point of view. Yeah. Um, and then the other one that I would prefer is that he wasn't so abrasive at the Bishop house because it wasn't his place. It doesn't ring true and it's not authentic. But I'll concede that he can be an asshole in his own lab where he's on his own turf, which we'll see yes. more of. But now it's just more yes. of it instead of in yeah. a yes. different perspective. Yeah. And when you walk in like you own the place and start barking orders and accusing people of things and jumping to conclusions and doing everything he did. I'm less likely to warm up to a character even when he is talking sense. Mm-hmm, Do you know? Mm-hmm. Yes. And, yeah. And that's just my own and, visceral reaction. And, and Angela, especially with your second solution, we see how that does work. We'll see that when we get to chapter 16 and everybody is in the lab. Yes. Because Matthew models that behavior. He respects he Chris mm-hmm. on his own turf. Mm-hmm. It would have been a nice give and take. It would have been a good balance. Yeah. Yeah. And while the Bishop House isn't set to her, so technically still not Matthew's turf, it's more his turf than it's Chris's. Yes. By virtue of marriage. Hmm. Anyway, going once, going twice, guys. <laughs> oh, sold. All right, we're done. Let's go on to housekeeping. Housekeeping. Gene, what do you got? <laughs> oh, I have a five-star review. Yay! Okay! Yay. Oh, my God! <laughs> Hang on. Okay. Wait, there's more. <laughs> there is more! Okay. It is from Quiet Space from the United States. Okay. Who's given us five stars and says, Just want to listen to you. What is it with the weird sound effects? No more of those, please, ladies. Trust us, you'd rather have the sound effects than us self-inserting sound effects. <laughs> because nobody wants to hear me sing the Jeopardy theme song. Right. And you don't want to hear our version of a celestial choir either. <laughs> nobody wants to hear that. Or even as jeering for that matter. Yeah. yeah. True, 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 true. Sound effects has been part of this show since I think episode three. And, yeah, and you found the sound effects on GarageBand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Since episode three, and it's become part of the personality. And if you don't like it, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, what was that person's username again? Quiet Space. Quiet Space. Yeah. See, that explains everything. We're less than quiet. <laughs> <laughs> and, <Bye guys. laughs> and frankly... The sound effects amuse me. They amuse me. When I'm editing and I'm putting everything together, I'm like, mm, you know what would be great here? This sound effect. <laughs> <laughs> it keeps me going. And I think a lot of people have become used to it or not. I don't know. Maybe I should throw up a poll. Do you guys like our sound effect? It's not going to stop me, but I can put up a poll. <laughs> <laughs> then you know how to frame your your statement that you're going to keep doing it. Despite most of you hating yes. our sound effects, I'm still going to do it. Or I'm still going to do it. <laughs> because you love I'm our sound everybody effects. everybody loves them. It's given me encouragement to buy another sweet worth of that. <laughs> Oh, there was a package online and I I thought maybe kind of pricey, but I'm like, eh, maybe when I save up a little of our Patreon funds, maybe I'll buy it. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) 
Maybe I'll buy some licenses for those. I don't think people mind our sound effects because they they come from a place of humor most of the time. Yeah. I, I think we each have a favorite. I think Angela's is uh, the jeer. The jeer, yes, yes. Yeah. yes. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> it comes up every once in a while on Apple Shuffle in the car. <laughs> it will say jeer, and that'll be people jeering. <laughs> See, mine's a celestial choir. I, I think that's great. Where they're like. <laughs> See, you See? don't want us doing it ourselves. <laughs> I think my one of my favorites is the one for Nobility with the Queen's trumpets. Oh, <laughs> yes. The Price is Right and Jeopardy is always good. Right. The Price is Right, Loser Horn, and... Um, yes. Yes. <laughs> Because the Price is Right sound effect suite is a sound of my childhood when I was sick at home on the couch and right. got the chicken and star soup. So it's nostalgia for me. That came in the game show suite. I have like uh, the Big Bucks No Whammies, A Pressure Luck. I have those sound effects too. Oh, my Big gosh. Bucks No Whammies. <laughs> you had to tell me that. I play those on the after show every time the eight ball fucks up, though. Yeah. It has been lately. Yeah. Oh, it's been a surly eight ball. Right. And I love the yay one because that makes me happy. I, I just love yay. The little kids sing yay. My latest one is the math. It's not It's not really a sound effect that you could buy, but it's the Matthew drum roll. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. That one. That one we procured. Yeah. Yes. We just served. Right. We just hope Sky doesn't like sue us or something. (laughs) It's not Matthews. We made it ourselves. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We were mistaken when we said that. Quiet. (laughs) Well, I mean, thanks for your feedback. Uh, Username again, The Quiet Place. Yeah. uh, Quiet Space. The The Quiet quiet Space. space. The Quiet Space will be quiet. We need to like tap a Michelob bottle now. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so MSR, ultra. Yes. MSR or mukbang is the one where they eat, right? Yes, mukbang. Is they eat. <laughs> 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 okay, let me read my review. We're catching up on our reviews, guys. So this will put us on even playing field, and we'll go back to housekeeping the normal way. You know, here we go. <laughs> All right. Five star review. Yay. And this is from Spartan Mel from the United States. Ooh. Excellent commentary and always a lot of laughs. I really look forward to this podcast. Thank you, Spartan Mel. Yay. Yay. Are you also a Michigan State graduate, Spartan Mel? That'd be a question. Let us know. Demonsdiscuss at gmail.com or you can speak pipe us. Angela, what do you got? I have a five-star review from Snow Patty in Canada. <laughs> Snow Patty! Yay! She I says love a, that handle. I know. And she says a demon fan from Canada. And there's this cute little snowman emoji <laughs> right Aww. next to it. <laughs> but it wasn't February, so that's the state of mind she was in back then. Yeah. She says, I'm a fervent fan of the All Souls trilogy and adore the Demons Discuss podcast. I am making my way through all the podcast back episodes and appreciate their obvious love for Deb's trilogy. Their astute observations of the character and history in these books is a pleasure to participate in. I thoroughly enjoy every episode and honestly haven't laughed so hard in a long while. The Demon's take on the TV episodes is eagerly awaited highlight of my week. I can't recommend it enough. Awesome. 
Thank, Thank you. you. She hadn't heard these Chris episodes. Yeah. <laughs> you guys may all change your mind once you hear these. <laughs> but Bear it's an us, us thing. It it's is an us, us thing. thing. We're sorry. Yeah. Mm. Well, I mean, we shouldn't apologize. We feel the way we do. But I mean, don't apologize for your feelings, audience. When you read a book, you take it in and you deposit your own experiences yes. on it. And mm-hmm. uh, you project your own feelings and how things should be in your own head. So, I mean, we tend to have a similar point of view, the three of us, but that doesn't encompass everybody. We can't speak for no. everybody. So, like Angela said, we like people telling us, hey, this is what I saw. Or was that Eugene? I don't know. We all kind of feel that the same was way. Angela. It's we all, it's like, yeah, I always want to hear different viewpoints. And yeah, it's important. Cause I mean, even just sitting, going through these last chapters with you guys. Yeah. I still don't like him, but you understand my assessment of him is evolved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Before I just thought he was a stupid bully Jack, but there's more to it. There's, there's more, more going on here. And, and the different facets that feed into it all butt up against each other and don't mesh, which makes it worse. Yeah. All right. So that's it for housekeeping. Thank you for the reviews. Keep them coming. Thank you. Thank you very much. I will put a link on Podchaser if you don't have Apple Podcasts. And I'll also put another link where you can put a review on another app that's not Apple Podcasts. We tend to get Apple Podcasts because 68% of our listeners come from Apple Podcasts. So we realize there's other people out there. We realize that there are Android users one of our hey own now. one of our own is an android users no hate okay no hate even though we do and ribber I, <laughs> and i w- and i will also own up to the fact that if i'm sitting at my desk doing work and listening it's going to be on spotify because it's just easier to run that right through the speakers on my desktop that's right and for those of you who listen on spotify there's no place to put a review there So Podchaser will be the one for you, but I'll put it all in the show notes. So there you go. So now we're on to save it for the show. This episode, save it for the show is brought to us by Catherine Brown. Thank you, Catherine. Thank you. Thank you. Save it for the show. Save it for the show. Guys, save it for the show. Subject. How 2021 is giving us a different outlook on these chapters. And the books in general. And the books in general. Hmm. Gene leadoff. Yeah, I, I I think everything we've lived through in the last 18 months, from George Floyd to the pandemic to Black Lives Matter, ha- mm-hmm. has really highlighted the fact that especially our prominent Black character hasn't aged well No, in his presentation. I mean, things that were acceptable and made sense. I mean, yeah, back in 2014, when this came out, I was like, oh, this is great. We've got like a prominent black scientist depicted in the book. What a great role model. Da, 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 da. And I mean, as it's gone on and we've all started, I should say, as I've started to educate myself more on, on race issues and Valerie and Angela have really opened my eyes. It's like, there's a lot of things that come to the forefront now when you look at it through a different perspective that aren't necessarily acceptable or right or serve the character to its best advantage and to the way that I think he was intended to be presented, which was a bright, dynamic, black scientist right. role model who can do a lot and is a positive role model for the readers and for everybody. And On paper, he is. I mean, if you mm-hmm. take out his dialogue on paper, he's impressive. Yeah, the, the idea of him is very impressive. Yes. The way he acts is not and it's not really realistic to a professional black person 
as far as what we discussed last episode. A professional Black person knows his environment. They know they're the only Black person in the room. They know it. We know it. I know it. You know, if you're a minority, you know it. You know your audience. And that goes to simple things like code switching. People don't know Mm -hmm. what code switching is. It's basically changing your tone or your language to make people more comfortable with you. Right. Yeah. I wouldn't talk to my cousins on the black side of my family the way I talk to the pilots I brief every Monday. Mm -hmm. It's that it's that thing. So and on the receiving end, back in 2014, the term micro. Well, yeah, the term microaggression wasn't maybe in our vernacular. It wasn't even in our awareness. Yeah. Um, And now it's something that you can point out and say that's a microaggression. Stop it. Yeah. And that's. A lot of people complain that we as a society have gotten too sensitive. The thing is, I think we're overly sensitive now because we haven't been sensitive enough. Mm-hmm. And yes. I say that on it's pretty much the anniversary of the Tulsa race massacre, you know, yes. the 100th anniversary. It, it was pretty much a race from our history books. A lot of people didn't know that happened until, you know, documentaries came out about it. Yeah. Oh, it was Watch- Watchmen was the one that really brought it to people's attention. Yeah, Watchmen on HBO. How sad is that? And that's why those things are important. And we don't like seeing pictures of ourselves where we're just being terrible human being. It's a basic human reaction. Now, I'm I'm going to flip it on its edge and say, if we were majority black and the minority was white, is there a possibility of that happening? Absolutely. You know why? Because we're all human. Yeah. Yeah. We are all human. Mm-hmm. So not saying that white people are bad, black people are good or vice versa. We are human. Innately, we do these things. If it's we sort, we sort ourselves out. We, we, yeah, we yeah. Gravita- gravitate to those like ourselves. Yes. Well, and there is always mob mentality, and I don't mean that. Yes. Like, but it, and it doesn't matter if it's men and women or black and white. If you can form a mob, there becomes that mentality. Groupthink. Yes. Groupthink is scary. I can talk to any individual one on one. As far as a group, and they've gotten themselves riled up about something. There's no talking to that. It's like a swarm of bees. You can't. There's no reasoning. No. <laughs> no reasoning whatsoever. What else were we saying about Chris? I'm not sure that the author or editors had spoken to a black person about the depiction of this individual because I think they would have gotten a different approach. That's me personally. There was no. I don't think there was a sensitivity re- reader involved in this. No. But would they have had that back in? No. Yeah. That's also true. I mean, back yeah. in 2014, sensitivity readers were not even called that at the time. That may have been an author passing it off to their uh, friend who may have been a person of color to say, hey, does this sound bad? But now there are professional sensitivity readers that are available and can be used. And think about things like magical Negro tropes and, and whether it comes off as an angry black man or any of your other you know, capital letter tropes that play into creating a character. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a whole, uh, there's a lot of people I follow on social media who bring things that I'm not even aware of. Yeah. What did this lady said? She came up and she says, okay, if you come up and sis me and I don't know you and you don't treat any of your white friends like that, then don't talk to me. No, ma'am. Basically, when somebody comes up to you and says, hey, sis, and you only address the black girl like that and you don't address anybody else like that. So 
Ooh, what are you doing? That's, <laughs> that's rude. <laughs> what are you doing? That's so rude. Um, or what's up, girl? But you don't talk to your friends like that. So why are you singling me out trying to be, you know, okay and cool uh-huh. and whatever? No, don't do that. If you don't address anybody like that, then don't address me like that. I was like, you're right. I do know people who do that. I do. What's up, sis? And I'm just like, hey, girl, what's up? You know, <laughs> and I, I, I barely know you. I don't know you like that, but OK, whatever. You're going to be like that. But she pointed it out. And I'm like, you know, you're right. These are things we should be aware of. And not saying that the white person had mal intent right there. They were trying mm-hmm. to be, I don't know, comforting or maybe feel I don't know. I don't know. I don't. Less threatening. Less threatening. Yeah, that's a possibility. I I, I can see where that mistake would come up. So, hey, maybe that's mistakenly thinking, hey, this is a way I can like shorthand and show her I'm an ally. Yeah. Yes. Where where really it's like, no, you're just being overly familiar. In the end, we all want to be treated equally and you're not treating me equally. (laughs) So that's a problem. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. Oh no! It's a lack of respect. Yeah, I don't. I wouldn't necessarily call it appropriation because she's not just using it all the time as part of her own vernacular, but she's using it as just a way to communicate to that one particular person. Yeah, it's kind of like when they came up with a name for you know Ava. What was it? Uh, ebonics. That offended me. When they- <laughs> <laughs> we're going to call this ebonics, <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> I don't know. <sighs> Where did that come from anyway? I don't know. Somebody, they got together in a room and they decided, yes, this is what we're going to do. Do you remember that about 10, 15 years ago? Yes. Is it, is yes. it, is it supposed to be Ebony Phonics? Yeah. I don't know. We're, we're going to call this Ebonics. Stop it. Just that's so bad. Just stop it. Uh, how else did this age terribly in 2021? Well, with George Floyd and all of the other, Breonna Taylor, all of the, the, the Aubrey... The one in Georgia where these two guys just hunted that one guy and basically lynched him. Just, I don't know. Both of them, Yeah, I I don't necessarily blame our last president because all this stuff was bubbling up on the surface. What he did was he accelerated it. So it was bubbling under the surface anyway. It, It was coming. He just brought it to a head. Yeah. I, yeah. I remember you saying, you're like, these, these people didn't become this way they were this way they were this way they're just more emboldened to emboldened yeah to be this way now it's fine oh god and and especially since i feel like oh god i watched something southwest airlines it was on social media one the flight attendant was telling this lady two white ladies so it wasn't a racial thing was telling this lady she needs to put her seatbelt on and she was like no i mean just totally entitled she's like no i'm busy doing this she's like ma'am i need you to put your seatbelt on she hauled off and hit this woman. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Knocked two teeth out. Yeah. Hauled but did you see her. the rest of that video where the black gentleman gets up and is yeah. like, ma'am, I've got this. It was like, it was like the sit down and shut up high school principal that scared the crap out of all of yeah. us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he just took control of that whole situation. This is all the exact opposite of an angry black man. He, he is a great example of what you were talking about, Valerie, as far as having to be in command. Of, even then, he's doing it in a non-threatening way. He's doing it in an authoritative way, but it's still non-threatening. Yeah. It's like you don't haul off and hit a flight attendant that way. I don't care. 
yeah. who you think you are. Yeah. And I think that's it. People have gotten this sense of entitlement and now they're just acting out. And that's what I felt like when Chris hauled off and hit Matthew. It's that same oh, kind yeah. of reaction. And I'm like, this is what we're encouraging. No. This is the scientist I'm supposed to hold in high regard. No, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> right. This is this right. is the scientist who Matthew's supposed to just agree with and say, hey, yeah, I'm going to entrust you with how many centuries of my research to go and do whatever. Yeah. I would be entirely interested because had I written a book back in 2013, I, I know this was published in 14, but let's say she was writing in 2013. My viewpoint would have been different, too. And I'd like to think that I have evolved and. Yeah. Um, this book would have evolved if it had been written today. It would be written differently. But that's that doesn't mean we can't react to it because or have an opinion on it or or analyze or have an it. Evolving, yeah, yes. an evolving opinion. Yeah, yes, exactly. Because and it's so fresh. The reason there are what I consider an awakening, the twenty twenty, an awakening, um, is just so recent. I mean, when I was helping Harlow with some essays on books she read, you know, To Kill a Mockingbird, mm-hmm. Of Mice and Men, Wicked This Way Comes. Um, those are all books that were set in an entirely different era with entirely different attitudes and mm-hmm. social issues. Um, but that's it, it's far enough away where you can go, oh, well, let's examine it from an objective point. This I can't do so much because yeah. it's so fresh yeah. still. Yeah. And it bothered me back then and I couldn't pinpoint it. I just thought, how dare he just haul off and hit Matthew? But then I put it in context as a black man and I'm like, would he really act that way, though? No, yeah. no. I mean, especially if he's acting like that somewhat in his lab, but that didn't come out of the blue. Well, no, other, I guess this is a weird way to flip it on its side, but how dare he act like that and feed into the stereotype? Yes. You're, you're supposed to be a character who's a, I mean, granted, it's only a character, but you're supposed to be above that. Right. (laughs) Which makes it, makes it a disappointment in a way. Maybe that's part of it too. It's like, I mean, my visceral reaction was more along the lines of regardless of your color, why are you acting like that and inserting yourself in someone else's marriage like that? (laughs) Right. That was my visceral reaction back in 2014. Like you said, Gene, he's meant to be diversity in the story. He's supposed to be celebrated. And that was the intention. I know it was like you, like you both said, it's not, wasn't a malicious intent. It wasn't supposed to be, you know, poorly written, but it has been, I mean, especially examining it from 2021. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, it's not even poorly written. It was poorly executed. Mm-hmm. I mean, if that makes any sense. Yeah. I remember in uh oh god, I want to say 2007, 2008 around that time period. There was a website mm-hmm. that was basically uh put up by black people and it was called dobetter.com. <laughs> I know. And it was called com, And basically, it would call out black people not doing better. It's like, hey, if you did this, I mean, they'd show some tacky ghetto cakes that people would have made. And, <laughs> you know, yeah. it was basically like watching people at Walmart. It was that same kind of thing instead yeah, of, uh-huh. you know, people acting bad at Walmart. It was just people acting bad in life. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> and the subtext, it was like, do better.com. And the subtext was, read a book, buy some land. (laughs) 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 And it was basically calling out black people. We need to do better because 
people see us like this anyway. We have to change the narrative. And that was the idea out there. Now, could you get away with doing that now? No, 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 no. You couldn't. But this is black people policing other black people because they felt like they were representing them wrong. And this is why people look at them crazy and everything like that. But I'm thinking about it now. Every race has a subset of people where you look at them oh, and yeah. it's like Florida man what the fuck are you guys doing <laughs> yeah yeah you're making us <sighs> look Florida bad man. no and it's not even yeah, exactly it's Florida man it's pretty much that guy <laughs> <laughs> I don't <Yeah>. know <laughs> I don't know I, I don't even know how to solve it I, I don't know I think we we can all just be the best people we can be and Chris wasn't being a good person he wasn't being a good person a couple chapters ago I don't think so when you haul up yeah. and hit somebody. This, these last couple chapters, he hasn't been. No. Mm-mm. So. Hmm. And flapping his gums in front of unknowns. Yeah. 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 Not even being a good secret keeper. Come on, guy. And what was his license because he was BFS with Diana? See, maybe he saw that as his license. And but see, since I have a hard time believing he was even BFS with Diana because I'm not there, that's why it came out all wrong. And there you go. And that's the conclusion of me just cringing all through these last three chapters. <laughs> yes. And now that we've saved it for the show, mm-hmm. consider it saved. It's saved. <laughs> that's right. And like we said, feel free to disagree with us. Maybe we oh, are yeah. looking at something that... You don't see, or maybe, I don't know. I know there's a lot of Chris fans out there. I know there are. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> well, I, 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 there's probably, I, I would guess that there are a lot of Chris fans out there because they like the idea of a protective male best friend. Maybe they've never had one of those in their lives before, but the, the idea of it is a, is attractive to them. And it, it's always nice to have somebody who's got your back. Who's who's in your corner? Yeah, which in a concept, I I can see why that would be attractive. However, having had male best friends, they act like that. I would have cold cocked them, <laughs> or like Angela they knew said, better than that. Act like that, like Angela said before. She's like, if me and Brad were having a fight, and Val or Gene, you guys were in the room, I wouldn't expect you to haul off and tackle them right away. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> Or butt or butt in in the middle of the argument. Yeah, no. <laughs> like you said, it'd be later on. How can we bound and gag him? Yeah. What do you want us to do? You want us to cut him? Yeah. That would be the later question. We can cut him later. It's fine. Yeah. That, would, that would be the conversation back in the kitchen, fishing around in the pantry for more crackers for the hummus. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and my third glass of wine. <laughs> I'll cut him. It's oh, fine. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Anything else that we missed on this? I mean, uh, it was a lot to take. And we're going into Soul and Virgo right now. So we will get a different side of Chris. Chris on his own turf. Miriam's reaction to Chris. Miriam setting him straight, which is lovely, I think. Oh, Miriam. But did they have to go and make them all hook up? No, I'm sorry. Spoiler, sorry. (laughs) Save that for another day. For another day. <laughs> We've been a lot today. Yes, yes, we did. Yeah. All right. So thanks for sticking with us. Stick with us a little further after this break. We'll do last thoughts and things we cannot let go of. 
This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. You can contact us, send us your thoughts, email us at demonsdiscuss at gmail.com, leave us a voicemail at 360-519-7836, by the way, your carrier rates apply here, or leave one for free on SpeakPipe, speakpipe.com slant demonsdiscuss. Now, if you can't remember any of that, go to go.demonsdiscuss.com slant contact. And all that information will be there. You can also become a discusser there. Fill out the form and bam, you're a discusser. And the link to join our Facebook group is there too. Visit our main site, demonsdomain.com. And if you really feel like deep diving, go to visit.demonsdomain.com slant master post. And you can read interviews, geek out with weekly geeks about all souls universe. Read about the characters. Keep that geek flag flying, guys. Do you like what we do? Help us fund what we do. Go to patreon.com slant demons discuss. Make sure you follow us on social media. We are on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all at demons discuss. If you're liking what you're hearing and you want to tell the world about it, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We love them. We read them. It's wonderful. Also, it keeps Angela alive and we need her around, okay? Keep Angela I have a last thought that's positive. Oh, good. Go ahead. I think we're seeing a lot of real growth in Matthew because he is keeping his temper and he's even keeping a lid on his snark. Yes. He is being very calm, cool, and collected despite the fact that his hair is going up. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think that's a real progress for him. It's growth. But one of the reasons I didn't care for this book, the first read, was because he became so, I don't know, dependent. Yeah. And like, I, I pictured him like rocking back and forth, like trying to like not want Diana, not needing Diana <laughs> with the whole coin thing. You know, it was like. So the mating has ruined him. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah. Yeah, but that, that I'm trying to find something positive in this chapter <laughs> and him not feeding into all of the stereotypes and bad images that Chris is trying to paint him with is good because old Matthew would have blown up and, and had him like pinned up against the wall with his feet dangling. Yeah. or you know. So, I mean, I'm trying to look at that as a plus, but as we go down the road and the emasculation of Matthew, it turns sour quickly. I mean, it's yeah. better than defenestration. I mean... <laughs> Yeah, we've got. I don't know. I want that. I want that, Matthew. I'm sorry. I do. (laughs) (laughs) And I'll I'll come to miss him in probably two chapters myself. Right. (laughs) All right. Maybe the way I put it is at least Matthew didn't feed into the stereotype Chris was trying to paint him with. I think yeah. I like the muted Matthew. I think the I like the, the Matthew. I don't know. This is how he was kind of presented in the beginning. I am this calm, cool, collected jackass, all buttoned down. <laughs> <laughs> Here he's kind of lost the jackass portion of it a little and bit. And I appreciate that. He, he did not lead with any credentials. I mean, yes, his reputation precedes him, but he didn't pull out a business card. Or... No, no. It, it <laughs> yeah. was good. It was good. I think Progress, so. Matthew. Yeah. Back to Gene's point. Progress, Matthew. Yeah. And he didn't make any snarky comments comments about, oh, what, you couldn't get into Harvard? Yeah! (laughs) God knows I would have went there for a couple of reasons that we'll talk about in the after show. I don't know. I I don't get the whole Ivy adulation. I I don't. Oh, neither do I. Yeah, no, I'm I'm not there. I've got an Ivy story to tell after. On the after show? In the after show. Okay, so so we got housing and Ivy League. 
Got it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. Angela, what is your last thought, my dear? I I wish I remembered it. I I came up with one yesterday. (laughs) Oops. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, just talking about all of this, I'm really curious to see how the TV show is going to play out. Yeah. You know, I mean, a lot of the stuff might be cut out. Seven episodes, it's going to be hell of a pace. So we might not have a lot of the abrasiveness that is Chris. He might just be helpful, Chris. I would like a helpful Chris. Thank you. Black man in lab coat, Chris. That's okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's fine. White looks good on dark skin. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, not to reduce Chris to that. If we have to have just a scenario with him, I hope he looks good in a lab coat. Thank you. All right. But he's he's also not carrying that load alone in the show because... Mm-hmm. We had this conversation the other week, too, that the other black characters and people of color in the books, they weren't written so in your face. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. but now as there's no arguing in the TV show that Fernando's a man of color, too. Yeah. Yes. Did people have a so, problem with that? I don't remember. I thought they were, some were surprised. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. But Deb kind of laid the groundwork with that because she did shit chatting back and forth with Cree on Twitter. I think she laid the groundwork about it. So, yeah. Because they were arguing before the, the casting. Oh, okay. Well, so it was all kind of straightened out before the casting was announced. I was surprised more people weren't surprised about the casting for Ransom. Mm. Yeah. 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 But he's so easy on the eyes. let let me not have a last thought but a last question and Jean maybe Uh you know the answer to this has Deb ever given background on why she included Fleetwood Mac in the book of life I don't I think it's clever I love it I love it and I I love that she wove it in um, but I didn't know the reason behind it I think A she liked it and B it was that it was all that time that Rebecca would have been pregnant Mm -hmm. rumors was was it Fleetwood Mac or rumors I think Fleetwood Mac was on the top of the charts all during her pregnancy and then rumors came out right after that and it dominated the radio for couple years there. I think that's that was part of it. And she liked it. Even before they came out with the Book of Life and the Fleetwood Mac thing was out, Rihanna was always my head song for when she first took off and flew. And then she gave mm-hmm. that ball of elements to. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That was oh, always yeah. my head song. I was like, yeah, that that would be the Rihanna when she just took off like that. Which also all makes sense because we're all of us of that Gen X age. And that that's basically the witch song. Yeah, it yeah. is. It is. And I remember listening to it relentlessly in the backseat of the car when I was, you mm-hmm. know, five, six, seven. And I always loved that song. Mm-hmm. Them and Super Tramp. All those songs age well. Oh, Super Tramp. Super yeah. Tramp. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I love all those songs. But oh, Steely Dan. Oh, yeah. Uh, Super Tramp was one of the cassettes I got for, you know, the, the 10 or 20 for a penny. Oh, yeah. From Columbia. Oh, Columbia House. <laughs> <laughs> Breakfast in America was one of my favorites. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. See, but that was when I was a little child, and that's how much that shit sticks with you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, mm. oh, yeah. I mean, of course, I have my gangster rap from the 90s. Come on now. <laughs> if you play Super <laughs> Tramp, it takes me to a whole different place. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. mm, yeah, yep. love, it. <laughs> yep, love it. Knowing us, all three of us were separately, one filling out the Scholastic book selection form, along with the Columbia Records. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Columbia House paid, taped a penny to the car. Yes. Yeah. 
<laughs> I remember doing that, and I remember my dad said, okay, but you're going to get sucked in. You better fill out that card every single time. <laughs> Otherwise, you're going to get sucked in and get stuck with an album you don't want. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and we all did get stuck with, with one we didn't And it want seemed anyways. like a million dollars when you owned a record you don't want. It's like, what? I got to pay for this now? Oh, uh, this is awful. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so I was very diligent. Where's my Columbia card? All right, this is what I want. <laughs> Mom, make sure make, make sure this goes out to the mailman. <laughs> or the one that says no, I don't want the selection this month. Do they do any? I guess they 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 don't. They don't do any version of that at the Columbia Music Club. But I remember those I don't think thirteen so. albums when you first got them, all for a penny. Oh my god. <laughs> I know. Does anybody else remember Corvettes was, or is that just a Michigan thing? No, I don't remember. They had this record, the record department in this store was ridiculous because they'd always have stuff on sale. And it was like, you could buy albums for a dollar 99. Oh shit. (laughs) Current ones. Yes. Wow. Yes. They'd be like lost leaders. Like, Oh, the new Chicago album's out. It's on sale for a dollar 99. Wow. For us, it was like Sam Goody's was huge for us. Uh-huh. Well, this was a department store. Oh, and they had a record section. And they had a record section and their record section was probably better than some of the record stores yeah. at the time. Like, like this was late 70s, early 80s. Yeah. They even had a pet department in there because <laughs> the biggest joke in the world was my, be- my best friend, they got the boots a 79 cent cat. At EJ oh <laughs> was their cat growing up? Wow. <laughs> and he was 79 cents. <laughs> I don't want to cut it short, but maybe we should carry this to the after show. So Val, your last thoughts. Yes. <laughs> My last thought. Okay. Since we've discussed everything, I've run out of last thoughts. So I'm just going to say, <laughs> keep giving us good reviews. Thank you so much yes. to our patrons for supporting us so well. And and keep keeping us honest. Keep keeping us honest. I did, for those of you patrons who did not pay attention, I did put up some puppy pictures. So make sure you stop by patreon.com slash demons discuss and you can see the puppy pictures that are locked specifically for your patrons. If you're not a patron and you happen to go by there, you're not going to be able to see it because you have to be a patron to see it. Uh, that was Gene's suggestion. Thank you very much. I got a lot of comments. A lot of people love Buster and Snoopy. And if you guys are listening hard, yeah. you can hear their, them barking and crying and being upset that I'm ignoring them, but they just have to deal. And what else? Uh, yeah, keep writing good reviews. We mentioned that. Okay. Just because... We did not send a discusser email out. Does not mean you cannot comment on this chapter. Send us something. Seriously. Comment away. Comment away. Be it about Chris, be it about the other factors that we seem to not really pay attention to because Chris was in the way. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Anything you know. Like how awesome Vivian is. Vivian's awesome. I love her. Sarah was awesome in these chapters. We love her. Uh, she's got progress too. She's yes. making progress. She's making a lot of progress. Oh, yeah. And that's right. I want to see Satu's ass thrown off the congregation too, Sarah. And what else? Yeah, just keep being you. That's it. That's all I have to say. So let's say goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Bye. Demon kiss. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.